0: Hello, what is up? We are back for another episode of Onside Chicks. I am Jordan Sporty Jordy, and I am here with Kaylee. Yes. We're back. We're back, and we are just coming off, just so you guys know, we're doing another show called The Fantasy Underdogs that we just finished up. So make sure to go check that out for all fantasy football needs. And unfortunately, Carson Wentz has brought, the injury bug that we caught very heavily in Philadelphia, he brought that with him to Indianapolis, and now the Colts are in a very tricky situation, so that's going to be our main focus for the first half of this. Carson Wentz is out for 5 to 12 weeks, and not only is he out, but Quentin Nelson is also out for 5 to 12 weeks with yeah. the same exact
1: injury. So strange, and it's weird to hear... So Frank Wright was describing this because obviously it's strange. They have the same injury. They're they're out for the same length of time, underwent the same procedure with the same doctor. Very, very strange. But Carson Wentz, you know, obviously has a he's injury prone, has a history of injury. So there were things that were already issues that caused that, whereas Quentin Nelson was a completely fresh dude who just happened to catch the same injury but that's it's a wild coincidence and I don't know if it's like a bad omen on the 2021 season but I'm trying to just not read too much into it because if if there's ever been a sign in preseason this is likely one of them and I'm a little stressed about it I'm not gonna lie
0: no and imagine so now for the Eagles to get the first round conditional pick Carson Wentz either had to play 70% of this season and make the playoffs or play 75%. Now it yeah. looks like that definitely isn't happening. And also as all of this was coming out, news broke that Devonte Smith is de- dealing with a sprained MCL and yeah. he's not like, he's still at practice, but he's very minimal, not really doing anything crazy for another two to three weeks. So there was just like so much breaking at one time. And I was like, Oh my God. It's literally already happening, it's, but I'm going to choose. Much. It's, it's too much. I'm going to choose to look at it as kind of maybe bad news for the Colts. Unfortunately, as well, I don't yeah. want to wish anything bad upon them. Um, more than like the league, just because yeah. I'm not ready to accept that yet.
1: I let, let's get into it because I, let's start with Carson Wentz and, and okay. what you think this is going to you know, ha- what impact this is going to have on him and his future in the NFL. And then we can jump into what, you know, we think about the Colts situation as a whole, because they, they have a lot going on in general um, and now all of this on top of it. But, and we, we just got off this other podcast and I said a lot of the same things, but I, so much of what I think Carson Wentz's problem is is his confidence, his lack of trust in the system he was in in Philadelphia, the lack of trust in himself, his body his safety after injury. And I think you could really see that on his face. I think there was a lot of times where he's standing in the pocket and really just doesn't even look like he knows what's going on. And we know That's he does. He, he We trust people who know the game, who talk about Carson Wentz and say he's a very smart quarterback. He's a guy who knows the game. I, I don't think it has anything to do with his ability as a quarterback. I think it is so mental. And as someone who has been through like injuries and athletics and, I can understand where that mental block comes in. I guess I just really worry that instead of getting the fresh, clean slate of Indianapolis, having a coach you're comfortable with, getting to press the reset button on what has otherwise been a really unfortunate couple of seasons for you, I worry that this is going to set him back in that process and kind of send him scrambling after this season and I hope not because I want better for him, but I guess where do you see this having an impact on him? And I know this is your man's, so. Yes. Yeah. No, it's really, it's tough. And
0: I know we just kind of brushed through this on the fantasy underdogs as well, but I do, and I hate to admit this. I think it is going to be really tough for him just because we saw, and like Philly is a very tough place to play. And. Yeah. Philly fans, they, they want results and they want them now. And if you don't give them, it's brutal. So I Philly was tough on him and I think that really got to him. So I was like sad to see him leave, but excited for him to get this fresh start. And now with all of this, and now you already see people, everyone on Twitter saying his bones are made of paper. His bones are glass. Like everyone's just coming at him. It's just like an unfortunate turn of events and, physically this is an injury that he should bounce back from totally fine but it really is going to be that mental game that I think is going to get for him and now you have talk people want to get Nick Foles there and I think if he hears that catches wind of that if that Nick is press conference did you see him talk about it it yeah. was li- like he was basically begging Frank Reich to come in and get him out and he was he addressed it beautifully and he glazed over kind of his relationship with Carson and everything that happened with Carson but at the end of the day Nick Foles was like putting his career first and he was like you've seen what I can do in your offense aka go win a super bowl so please come get me out please come get me off of third string so i think all of these things together it is going to affect Carson Wentz more than i think we've all even worse than I think we've seen in Philadelphia as scary as that is so yeah. I am nervous for him and it's tough because I've made the case this whole offseason of course Wentz is going to go to Indianapolis and he's going to get them to the Super Bowl in the next three years and this season he's going to have an MVP campaign and now I think all of that kind of gets pushed to the back burner and I'm hoping he can prove me wrong and make me feel better about it but it does make me very nervous heading into this season.
1: Yeah, and and it's weird, too, because I think when you, even from the outside, you can see that Carson Wentz is a guy that you really have to buy into, right? Mm-hmm. For this to work, you have to buy into Carson Wentz, who he is, what he brings to the table, and you have to convince him of that every single week. And that might not be convenient, and I don't think that's a situation for every team or every coach or every GM, but you really have to be there in his corner Reassuring him that he's your guy every single week. Otherwise, this doesn't work. It falls apart. And I think yeah. it is tough to hear those things. And I don't think that's really going to help. I also don't think Nick Foles is their answer. And I think I don't
0: think so either. Because we've think- seen him, you Correct. saw him personally.
1: Coming in, coming into a Super Bowl and having to be at your absolute best for a handful of moments, right? is very different than coming into a team and and taking them from start to finish through a regular season that is now an extra week long. And and I don't know if it's a temporary fix until he's back, but I think Nick Foles wants something a little more permanent. So I think the only way you're getting Nick Foles to Indianapolis is if you promise him the consideration of being your number one guy. And so I don't think that's their answer, but it is really concerning. And now – you know, they're struggling on their O-line with injuries. And this just adds to that, right? And, and this think-
0: was one of the strongest O-lines, yeah. minus any injuries, this O-line is solid. So right. now it's kind of you're putting a damper on to everything. And now how is this going to affect Jonathan Taylor and his right, right. Like, There's so many downfalls that come into this. And going off of the Nick Foles thing, like, yeah, it's funny to joke about. But at the end of the day, that would literally, I think – hang up Carson Wentz's career like at, at that yeah, point don't. like it, it's because how can you bounce back from that from a second time it's like even if Nick Foles comes out and do nothing like even if he stinks <laughs> I know bears, but Wait, no
1: one wants Foles st- no one wants him he could
0: come be a backup in Philly I think Philly would <laughs> with it, but I don't think he wants to be a backup but at the end of the day yeah. you haven't proved you can be a starter and th- that's coming from someone who almost got the number nine tattooed on them after look, our Eagle Super Bowl, so like I would jump right right. in front of a bus for this man, right? But he's not a starting quarterback. He's the you best backup of all time,
1: correct? And you don't <laughs> take look, like you can't sit here and say like you've seen what I can do. It's like we have, and it's not impressive. And yeah. like I get it, like it is so great that you were able to step in in that moment, bring something to Philly that they had never had before. You are part of that legacy. You always will be, right? You always will be that guy. You will never be that guy anywhere else. That's plain and simple. You won't do it because we've seen it. We've seen you try. We've seen you. And to be fair, Jacksonville is not a perfect situation by any means. You weren't walking into what Indianapolis has. Like, that's just a fact. You weren't. But at the same time, you were walking into something. You had something to work with and you couldn't make anything out of it. You can't make anything out of it in Chicago. I think there was moments where they really said, you know, here, let's try. Here, take yeah. the reins and try. And we didn't see it happen. And I think it's tough because those rumors are only going to make Carson Wentz, it's it's taking him more steps back. And yes. it's really unfortunate because they're like I said, they're struggling with their O-line. Now you have Quentin Nelson, who, by the way, his pass block win rate last year, 95.5%, right? It's he's insane. a he's a hard guy to replace that position. So if you think that your quarterback. Regardless, neither of them are coming back at 100%. If you think your quarterback's going to feel good about standing behind that O-line, which already is dealing with injuries, now you have Quentin Nelson. There's a lot going on. And Carson Wentz is not the guy that handles that pressure well. And that's why I thought Indianapolis might be a better place for him to go, because they had – they had their ducks in a row, right? That, like we, It was were,
0: the safest place for him.
1: It was. It was. They. I mean, he had everything. Like they. They addressed some holes in the draft and free agency. They spent some money where where it mattered. They saved some money where it mattered. They got him over there. He has a comfortable situation with their coach. It. It is just. It's one of those things where everything was right. No, and
0: it's, it's literally so crazy how quick this changed and how yep. two, three weeks ago, we were like, this is the best situation for him. Because like you said, Frank Reich, someone he got along with very well and respected him very much in Philadelphia. So you have that relationship that's already built. Like that's not something you have to work on. That's there. You also had an emphasis on had one of the strongest O-lines in the league. So now you have a comfortable relationship with your head coach. You have a comfortable relationship in the pocket. and you have weapons. Like there are people on this offense and now it's just like, all of that is just crumbling so fast. Preseason hasn't even begun right. and the Colts are crumbling.
1: It's tough too, because you look at their schedule and you look at what they've got coming up and Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. So the Rams, the Dolphins, even the Ravens, like, those are not easy defenses to take in the first five weeks of your season. Yeah. To be fair, it's if you get Carson Wentz back in a quick time frame, right, and and Quentin Nelson as well. If you get him back at that upper end of that five to twelve weeks, and you're looking yeah. at five, six, seven weeks, you might be okay. There's only one divisional game, and and we know that while it's not ideal to lose games regardless, divisional games matter, and when yeah. you're trying to win, playoffs and just sneak in. Like, I mean, last year, that is really what mattered, right? And one divisional loss against the Jaguars last year almost kept them from getting into that spot, right? So it is one of those things where y- you have to look at the positives of this situation. And I think based on what we're hearing so far, now nothing means anything until they get into recovery and they start rehabbing and you really see what their ability abilities are. But so far what we're hearing is that it went well. There's no additional issues. So if they come back in that five, six, seven week range, I think it would be really wasteful to go out and spend more money on someone else. But I, I mean, I don't know you, what should they do at this point? Is it ride it out, deal with who you have, you get, you got Easton, you got, you've got somebody who understands the system and is a competent quarterback or at least has been a competent quarterback at some point in his career. Um, But are you are you going out and looking for free agents if you're the Colts front office? Honestly,
0: I especially after dealing with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia and seeing everything that comes along with it, I'm saying yeah. Unless they see something in in Easton that we don't see yet, like unless they know like we are fully comfortable with him taking over this offense, even if it's just for a year, like if they are but I'm not sold on that. This isn't someone I fully trust. So I would definitely be going out and looking at other options and trades are an option, but if I were them, I wouldn't make any crazy trades. I wouldn't give up more than you've already given up for Carson Wentz. Yeah. There are a couple like the Nick Foles. I know. Tell me how you think about this. I think Gardner Minshew might be a good guy to get out of Jacksonville. Now that you have, <laughs> the number one, the almighty Trevor Lawrence. Like there are some guys that I think you could use for a year as like that transition period and just to see. But it's a tough situation because it's like if you don't go out and get someone, but then – Carson Wentz can't come back or he comes back and then he gets hurt again, then you're really screwed. But then if you do go out and get someone and he comes back in five weeks and it's totally fine, then you also put yourself in a situation. So it's kind of a coin toss. And at the end of the day, they just kind of have to make a quick decision at what they think is going to be best. And in my opinion, which is no expert opinion, I would go out and get a backup just in case, because also we saw it with the Cowboys last year. What if Easton goes down? Like you just never know. Like I would want, I would want that comfort in knowing you at least did everything you could to get through because the Colts are a playoff team. This is a very solid team. So it's, it's super unfortunate everything that's happening right now. What would you do if you
1: were the GM? Yeah. You don't have a lot of resources for trades. So I think you're right and spot on was saying don't go out and trade for somebody that's going to cost you money. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I asked this question more as a, uh, devil's advocate, just to spark conversation before on like, is, does this make them a player in the Deshaun Watson market? No, because they don't have the pieces to give up, right? Like they don't have the draft picks. They don't have the capital. They they've paid Carson Wentz a lot to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously we know that entire situation with his contract and how you know, what this does to Philly, him leaving Philly, all of that was very laid out in an easy-to-understand way. It it costs them money to get yeah. in there. So you don't have the money to spend. You don't have the draft picks to give up. You don't really have the players to give up. If you're going to go out of your way to get someone there to make a run at the playoffs, which is just getting yourselves probably back close to where you were last year, um, I don't know that you're going to get better at this point, but I do think that if you can maintain that level – you can't really give up any of your players. Every single no. person on your roster has such a vital role in making the Colts who they are and making them up to the level that they were last year and what they're looking to repeat this year or exceed this year. So you can't give anything up. So you're right. I think you've got to sign someone cheap. you got to bring in someone who is a backup, who has game experience. He has that experience getting on the field Being a guy who leads a team, being a guy in that locker room. Now, I think you could obviously lump Nick Foles into that, but I think we've also seen that experiment play out. Now, I don't ever want Gardner Minshew to not be wearing a Jaguars uniform, but if he were Mm -hmm. going to, um, obviously it's not ideal to go to a divisional rival, but I I think that's probably the only reason it wouldn't happen. But I do think that that's the kind of guy you need, right? You need a guy who's led a locker room. He's led a team. He, he doesn't need a strong O-line to succeed. and that is, that is key, right? Because Gardner Minshew is the guy who's, he's shifty. He's fast. He can run. He's, he's all of the things you want in a guy that's just willing to put it all out there and really has nothing to lose because his career is just not in the spot that he wants it to be. So I think that's the perfect kind of guy to come in and lead your offense. Now, there's probably a lot of those around the league if you go picking around and looking through rosters. Um, if it wasn't divisional, I think Gardner Minshew might be maybe on the short list of people to call just because I do think yeah, I don't know if it's biased, but I do think that he did a lot of impressive things in Jacksonville. And and I think having I don't a,
0: think it's biased because I feel the same way. Like I think he deserves another chance yeah. somewhere.
1: Somewhere, yeah. When you look at the people that are getting opportunity whether it's to be a backup or to even start in some of these teams and these systems, I think it is. um,
0: If if Andy Dalton can be QB one in Chicago, like Gardner (laughs) Minshew can be QB one. I was going to say, I
1: don't want to throw Andy Dalton under the bus, but that's exactly (laughs) who I'm thinking of. And if Andy Dalton is a QB one, then there's a lot of people that probably deserve that opportunity too. And he's right up there. If, if, if he's not the number one person that earned that, then I don't really know who is. So um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. You're you're, you're balling on a budget. So yeah. you make that decision of like, how confident are you no matter how good the results of the surgery look? How confident are you that he's going to be back in five weeks? And if you're confident, then maybe you don't go out and get anybody or spend any money because you've got time, right? You've got like the first couple weeks of the season aren't going to kill you. Yeah. It's just not. So you've got time. You've got you know, enough time to figure things out, but you have to be a hundred percent confident that one, he's gonna be back in five weeks, and two, he's gonna come back at a hundred percent mentally and physically, which yeah. we don't know because we've I don't think we've seen him a hundred percent mentally in a long time. No, probably Either. since yeah, literally
0: probably since the initial injury in our Super Bowl yeah. season yeah. because Minus that injury, he was having an MVP season. And kind of going off of what you were saying earlier, everything Nick Foles did, I am eternally grateful for it. I think it was beyond incredible. It it was literally the best day of mine. Like, I can't even express how much it meant to me in the city of Philadelphia. But at the end of the day, Carson Wentz is what got us to that point. And Nick Foles did the perfect job of finishing that off. But Carson Wentz got us to that point where we were Super Bowl contenders and playoff contenders. And he did everything he had to do to make that possible. So, like, for him to have that and then for them to build the statue for Nick Foles after, like, to know you were that close to being the one to make it all happen. And then Nick Foles gets all the kudos. And then you come back and things aren't quite right It's hard to bounce back from that. And now you're in a new city. You're looking for a fresh start. And now you're literally in the exact same situation that got you to that point anyway, with the injuries. So it's, it's tough. And so to ask him, like I said, this injury wise, I think he's going to heal. And I think he's going to be fine. And athletically, physically, he's going to be a hundred percent, but it's going to be the mental stuff. And I don't think you're getting a hundred percent of both. And it's gonna be very risky.
1: Yeah, gosh, it's it also presents a really interesting question because this division's not strong by any means, but it it presents a question: is this prime time for the Titans? I don't know if you're ready to hop into AFC South preview, but no,
0: let's. I think I think that was good. <clears throat> I'm ready. Um, and unfortunately, I'm ready, but I'm not ready because now we're both gonna have to admit that. The Titans yeah. are the clear favorites in yeah. this division, which and like you have a very valid reason to not be a fan of the Titans. Division rivals makes sense. Me, there's there's nothing about the Titans that I should hate, and I don't even want to say I hate them, but I don't like them. Like they're, they're no not. Likeable. They're why though. we are like, not so. why. Like yeah, they're. There is nothing there that is, like, there's no trouble. They've got Derrick Henry, who's, like, the king. Like, Ryan Tannehill is just this decently good quarterback that comes out and does exactly what – like, there's nothing wrong with Tennessee, and yet I root against them every single week. But they are definitely the clear favorites to come in and take this division now that all of this is going down in Indianapolis. And then minus them – Now you have the Colts plagued by injury. You're very uncertain of what's going to happen in quarterback. You have the Texans, which are just a dumpster fire. And then you have the Jags who are in the middle of this rebuild. And yes, you've gotten the Holy grail, but how long is it going to take to build a team around him? And is urban Meyer going to come out? Like there's so many questions within this division. It's going to be weird.
1: Yeah. And, I hate to say it, but if it's going to be any year, it's going to be this year for the Titans, right? And and we see yeah. them do this thing where they flirt with the playoffs, whether it's wild card or whatever, and they'll, they'll have like an impressive win or two, and they just never get past that, right? Yeah. And I think it's tough because – when you have those opportunities, you have to take advantage of them. And it very much is like, it's reminiscent of like Jaguars 2017 because you had like the Texans and then JJ Watt goes down they have all these injuries and it's like, Oh, this is the time, right? Like this is our year to make this happen. And, and I think that's very much what the Titans are dealing with this year is this is the time, right? Like the Colts were the one thing standing in your way because I think the Colts are fundamentally better at football. Not that they have a better roster, Not that they have better talent, they are fundamentally better. They're more well-rounded, they have a better scheme, they have a better system that works for their players, and they're more confident when they do it. And they do the things that they need to do week in and week out. Tennessee is just so inconsistent, right? Like one week they'll look like they could contend for the Super Bowl, the next week they're losing to a team they should never lose to. And it's just one of those things where it's really hard to get a read on them. And that's because – Their offense has just run through Derrick Henry, right? It's the Derrick Henry show. That's not really changing. Um, They've just added some offensive weapons, but it's tough because as soon as a team figures them out, figures out how to slow down Derrick Henry, you're done, right? And we saw that time and time again where, you know, one week he's putting up 300 yards the next week he's putting up 50, right? And and that just happens because Mm -hmm. people figure him out. Especially Especially against
0: the Browns.
1: Correct. The Browns, the Jaguars figured out Derek Henry didn't mean that we won games, but it definitely meant that we slowed his production down. And I think that's one thing that, you know, now you don't have to rely on him so much. You have Julio Jones, uh, who is probably going to be hit or miss, but you've got AJ Brown coming back. You added Josh Reynolds from the Rams. So you've got guys to throw the ball to. So you've got these pieces in place on paper you're way more well-rounded. Your offense is stepping up. Your defense is honestly building, which has been a super weak spot for them recently. Now, can you put it all together and make it equal wins? I don't know. And and that'll be interesting. And I'm, again, not going to stop rooting against them. But but if, the, if it's any year, it's this year for the Titans.
0: If they can't now imagine how terrible it would be for them if – the Colts are still very flaky. They're hit or miss. Even if Carson Wentz comes back halfway through and the Colts still end up taking this division or Dark Horse, now you're going to like this. What if the Jags just like wake up and figure it out? Like yeah. the Titans don't take this. Div- like this is theirs for the taking. Right, Getting to the AFC Championship game is theirs for the taking because now you're winning your div- your division. You're better off in the playoffs. You just got to do what you do best and win games. But at the end of the day, I'm not confident that they can guaranteed make that happen. And it's weird. And now that Julio's there, like I want to root, like I want to root for Julio. I would never wish anything bad against Julio. And the only thing that kind of makes this a silver lining is, if the Titans can do it, if they can get to the Super Bowl, if Titans can win the Super Bowl. I'm like, wow, they did it for Julio, or I'm excited for who. Like, that's the only thing that really makes me excited for them at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love AJ Brown. I, I really like yeah. Derek. I, I like those guys. I, I want them to succeed. I don't want the team as a whole to succeed. Um, but but yeah, I don't. I'm just not confident, and that is not me being biased. I just think they've proven that with all the pieces on paper, with all of the right, like with all of the, everything going right for you, you yeah. still can't make it happen. Right. And so I think that's tough. And and I don't want to say everything. Cause they, they've been missing pieces on defense. They added obviously, Bud Dupree is a big thing. Jeffrey Simmons has been huge for them. So there's guys there. You've got Caleb Farley. Now there's guys there that are, shoring up their defense. But again, those are still question marks. Like, Bud Dupree is a question mark at best. Yeah. And I think there's pieces that they have they've added, and if everything comes together, that's great. I still think that there's a world in which the Colts end up in that top spot regardless of what's going on at quarterback. And like you said, I, I always want to think there's a way the Jaguars end up there, and I think that is that's going to be a big question mark. And can they put together – The new pieces fast enough in Tennessee. And I think that's the biggest question mark because I think at this point, the Jaguars spent money to dive into their defensive line. They really, really wanted to rebuild that part of their defense. And I think that's going to be a huge problem for Derrick Henry. We already know how Derrick Henry operates. That's a that's something we can shut down relatively quickly. So if we can get to Ryan Tannehill and now eliminate some of your big options at receiver. I think that's a whole different conversation we're having. Now, can that happen? I don't know. But I like to think that if all goes well on the Colts front, I mean, I would just like to think that they're going to be still be sitting at second or third in this division. Um, but I, realistically, if I have to put a prediction on paper, I'm going to say they take this division right now just because I'm not confident in Carson Wentz coming back even in five weeks and being ready to go to the playoffs.
0: Especially because think about how much time he's missing in training camp and preseason on a brand new team. So now you're already missing weeks at a time. And now you still haven't gotten into your groove. Like you're just starting to get accustomed to this team. Like that's asking for a lot, but kind of going back, to the Titans talk they take this division, they go into the playoffs. Yeah. Do you think they're going to be able to compete with powerhouses like the Bills yeah. and the Chiefs, even the Browns, like Ravens, yeah. who kind of got finally figured out their upper hand this past season after they upset them two years ago? Like, these are just teams that I don't see the Titans being able to walk through.
1: The Titans winning the AFC South is like. <laughs> It's like your ticket to hell, really. Yeah. Because because once you get past the AFC South, you are screwed. And that goes for really any team that we're talking about. Even even the Colts. If Carson Wentz works out, what are the Colts with a healthy, mentally stable Carson Wentz against the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Browns? Like the list go the the AFC is very, very deep. And that that has oh, yeah. been a big switch over the past two, three years, something we were not used to seeing. I think for a long time, the Patriots and a couple other teams were able to really just, you know, mow down the AFC because it was so weak. And so really your only, your only rival is getting to the Super Bowl, and whoever you're facing on the other side of the line. But now it's like getting through the AFC is going to be very, very hard. And so I don't see the Titans or the Colts able to get past that, right? I don't see them making it past division championships because there's not one there's not one thing that makes me confident in either of those teams against anyone else in the AFC who's going to be winning those divisions and showing up in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, no, it it the AFC is definitely difficult, but also we have seen like we saw the Bills in the AFC Championship not look like the Bills that we saw all season. We saw the Chiefs in the Super Bowl not look like the Chiefs we've known for the last yeah. three years. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's – and, like, I hate to say it's luck because in football, luck isn't really part – it's strategic. But at the end, like, luck plays a part. And if they show up – and it would literally take powerhouses like the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah, Coming up and not looking the way they normally do, and then having teams like the Titans, the Colts do every single thing right. Like they can't make a single mistake, like every snap right. matters. That is how you're going to beat them. And I'm not saying it's impossible, it's definitely possible. They can definitely make it happen. And like we, we, Eagles won the Super Bowl with our backup court, like crazier things have happened. But It's hard, and it's going to be really difficult, and I wouldn't come out here and say right now that I feel confident that even with the state of the AFC South, the Titans are set up in this great position to go on this run. Like They're in a great position to win the division, yes, but for everything that they have to do to make it to the AFC Championship to win the AFC Championship, I think you're just asking for too much, and I don't think they're in the position right now to go out there and do it.
1: I honestly... And I was thinking about this a lot, and I, I have to check myself because I have a personal opinion about a lot of these. But I have to think, like, am I confident that the Titans are going to beat the Jaguars twice and then beat the Texans twice? No. Like, no. no. No to either, right? And the same thing with the Colts. Like, I thought about it, and I was like, even at their best, am I confident 100% that they will beat us twice and beat the Texans twice? And we'll talk about the Texans and the Jaguars but the no. Like the answer is no. And so I think that's where, yeah, of course, longevity wise f- making it seventeen weeks into regular season. do I think those two teams have the best chance of winning the division? Of course. Yeah. but do i do I think that either of them has this division, you know, signed, sealed delivered, put away? No. And no. like there and it, I don't know if it's just like naive hope for my own team that will beat at least both of these teams once, but I would like to think that we could take both of these teams down once. And if I have that belief, which is not something I had last year, then I'm not really loving their chances of, one, getting to the division championship, and two, making it anywhere past that. So if it's going to be any year, it's this year. I just don't know that it's the best time for every other division to be going up against the rest of the AFC. So I don't know. I, it's a tough road for either of them, but I don't really have confidence in either of them at this point. So,
0: yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be tricky. And now let's kind of move the Colts and the Titans clearly on paper are the top half of this division. And then you kind of trickle backwards to the Jags and the Texans, who yeah. the Jags are, they're, moving in the right direction. Like they they did everything they had to do. The coaching, I know it's a little we have no idea what's gonna happen. And there's still overall a lot of pieces that we need to fill. Yeah. The the Texans are just they got a lot.
1: There's a lot, a lot there. there.
0: There's a lot to unpack there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I okay. I think the expectations for both of these teams should be very low um, yeah. if we're being honest and, and if we're being realistic in general of, of where they're at and things that have gone on for the Jaguars, I think they did the rebuild very quickly and, and in the correct way. And we've talked mm-hmm. about this before. I think there's a lot of teams that are not committed to the tanking process. <laughs> the Lions, yeah, Correct. And uh-huh. not committed to rebuilding and, and, that puts them in a weird position because when you're in that middle, you don't land a guy like Trevor Lawrence. You don't get top talent. You don't have the money to spend or the draft picks to give away. And you don't have those pieces to play with. And so I appreciate the burn it all down and let's start over mentality because I think that served us really well getting us where we are today. So I think coming off a year where you won one game. um, Yeah, of course you have a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, a lot of talent. So like, take down your expectations, but they, it should be higher than one game. Like for sure. Yeah. So, and I think, I say say the drags easily win five games. I'd give them in a 17 game season. I'm looking at five. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think five is a win. I think
1: five's a win. Five
0: Texans. I would be very happy with three.
1: (laughs) The The Texans are just tough, bro. Like, they have dealt with everything you can throw at a team. If I were the
0: Texans, I would win precisely zero games. (laughs) And I would go out and I would get the number one overall pick.
1: I mean, that would be the goal, right? I I think that's best case
0: scenario for them, right? Literally burn it to the ground and start over. Because
1: they're the the only team where you can really have that mentality going into the season, right? Because, I mean... Some teams might emerge where you get five, six weeks in, they haven't won a game. But right now they're the only team where it's like, I would just burn it down from week one. Oh yeah. I, don't know. I wouldn't I don't even know. like, don't
0: even show up this. Like, don't do anything this, like stay under the radar. Do as minimal. And like, I know that's a lot. You can't ask like players are not going to walk out there and throw because they're playing for themselves. Like especially right. in Texas. Did you see what DeAndre Andre Hopkins posted on TikTok? Yeah. Someone commented and they were like, how did you feel when the Texans traded you? And he was like, "Look at me with this opportunity, with the biggest smile I've ever seen." Look, like, it was just a jail poorly, in
1: Yeah, it's a poorly. It I don't want to say it is because I don't really know, but it was it was a poorly run franchise, top to bottom. Not good things happening there. I I still don't love the way that they built up this front office yeah. and this coaching staff. I think that. Proves and look, Deshaun Watson. We don't know what is going on trade wise, life wise, lawsuit wise. There's a lot happening in his world, and and his spot in the NFL and on the Texans is so up in the air, and everything about him is up in the air. But I think one thing he was right about is you know, you can't tell a player your star player at this point because you don't have anymore, you don't have anyone else. Um, you can't sit there and tell him you're going to get a say in who we hire as coach. You're going to have an impact on who comes into this team and shapes it for the future because you're our future and then not give him that opportunity, not give him that respect, not live up to what you said you were going to do and then expect him to you know, come in and play and be happy. And so I think you've already started this season off with mistrust and with a disconnect between the front office and the players. And so I think there's going to be – a long road ahead, and I, I think oh, Deshaun Watson's yeah. a piece of that puzzle. But, but look, I mean, Tyrod Taylor's not an incompetent quarterback. I think no. we saw good things from him in Buffalo. Unfortunate with, you know, LA, and I, that's a whole. In Cleveland, fluke. right in Cleveland, those are fluke situations. So I think it is. It's weird that the only time he's been given the starting job, he's had these like freak injuries. But at the same time, I think he is capable of at least not letting it crash and burn every single week and so i think you know they've got they've got pieces like when you look at their roster it's really not that bad
0: they like, Lindsay now
1: right no one can replace will fuller let me yeah. put that out there you're not gonna replace will fuller but you've got guys right like cooks cutie miller like you you're not hopeless they have seven tight ends on their roster by the way <laughs> so i don't know how many of those will make it but I, I could see them keeping a lot more than like other teams might keep at that position just because I don't know, extra protection yeah. extra option. I don't know what it is, but I no, don't know. It's don't know.
0: weird. And it is this weird in between because I talk all of this crap on the Texans organization, but at the end of the day, I want Tyrod Taylor to get the chance that he deserves yes. because yes. he he needs it. Like, And how excited I was for Justin Herbert last season. Like, that still came with the twinge of pain for Tyrod Taylor because you never wish that that was – that situation above all was the weirdest – like, that's a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And it just stinks that it happens after he was in Cleveland replaced by another rookie. Like, it's just sad. It's unfortunate for him. So I do want him to go out and have a good season. And it's crazy also how much – how frustrated we've all become with the green Bay Packers right. organization and what they were doing to Aaron Rodgers with their veteran quarterback. I think it's even worse what the Texans are doing to Deshaun Watson, because this is a young guy that yeah. can, a young, very, very, very talented guy that can take your organization to the next level. You can build completely around him. You can make this stellar franchise granted. This is before pre right. pre everything, right all of that off the table and, and you're going to do him dirty like that. I think it's so much worse than what it's very similar to what the Packers are doing, but the Packers were doing it and I don't want to defend them at all because I'm very pissed at them, but they were doing it with the mindset Aaron Rodgers is at the end of his career. So let's try and save our asses a little bit. The Texans are doing it to someone young, someone who they still has plenty of time left. So I don't feel guilty for them for where they're at now, because I really think they did a lot of it themselves saying Deshaun Watson's their guy doing everything that says otherwise. And then when he politely requests a trade holding him hostage, and then now you're just in this crazy situation. Like it's so insane how the Texans have just, tumble downward so fast like it started off as like yeah. this organization isn't great and it's just gotten worse and worse over this entire offseason and now heading into this preseason it's it's very unfortunate
1: and to give all the power to bill o'brien and and when i say all the power i mean all of it right like every decision that made was yeah. made in that front office and in that in that organization ran through Bill O'Brien, which is just a wild thing and to let it go for that long. But I think, and we talked about this for the Packers, when you, you get a read on what the situation really is, because none of us are in the front office. We're not at practice. We're not in the locker room. We don't know, mm-hmm. but we can get a vibe from the other players on the team and players will be ready to speak out for players who deserve that support and very quiet when they don't. And so I think what you're finding in Houston, bef- like you said, pre-lawsuit um, and pre all of that coming out, was players and a team that was willing to stand behind Deshaun Watson and really yeah. speak up against the Texans organization. And JJ Watt was really the front runner of that. I'm
0: sorry team. for wasting one of your years. Like, like yeah, like that's
1: crazy. And when yeah. you have a player, when you have your one of your longest tenured players who is really a facet in your community and in your city. In, and in, the, your
0: league, like and in the league, like in the NFL in general.
1: Yeah. Like if you have someone like that saying that, that's not a good sign. And I think about how insane it's going to look to have a Texans defense without JJ. Wallen. It's a little stressful. I'm not going to lie it, but I mean, I'm excited for him and obviously for the Cardinals, but it's just going to be so strange because this Texans team is going to be nothing like we're used to seeing. And they've to, giving them credit, you know, like we said, they've added some offensive pieces. I think Philip Lindsay is obviously, a, I love him and I'm happy for him. And I hope he steps up, but, but yeah, like they've added defensive pieces, right? Like they had the worst run defense in the league last year. They had a lot of issues. You're in a division where you got, Derek Henry, James Robinson, now Travis Etienne. You've got all these guys and you can't stop the run. You're not going to go very far, Jonathan but thriller. Yeah, um, like crazy. Like you've got like this this division is pretty good in the run game because that's all they've had for a long time and so mm-hmm. I think that is one piece that you have to get straight and they they are working on that and when you think about like a Shaq Lawson, a Jordan Jenkins, who DeMarcus Walker, like those are going to help that. But I I'm just not that impressed. No. Like overall with who they've added, I'm I'm just and it's not the players individually, it's just I think there's so much work to be done that is off the field that I don't know what you could do on the field that's going to repair this.
0: Yes. Right now. And it felt like they were just going out to get names like they got Philippines right, they right. got Mark or but they right. aren't building a team in the right they were just signing names to this bring is random it's,
1: it's so random, random. like it it's makes so no culture no like nothing is not like you can see it in other teams where it's like oh, I those players are gonna be a team right this no. None of that. <laughs> this is so it's so random. It feels so awkward. It just feels like you randomly pulled names from a hat and they ended up on this team. And I'm they not gonna hit lie.
0: shuffle right and right. created an NFL team right. I'm not loving it. No, I'm <laughs> I'm. I'm- the oh, i'm very i don't want to say I'm excited excited is definitely not the right word but I'm definitely very curious and I'm eager and I'm going to sit and watch Texans games just because I want to see kind of what their plan is mm. what how they're utilizing this roster and kind of if they're taking any steps to move in the right direction but I don't know like I said I will never wish anything bad ever on Tyrod Taylor. I want him even, even if they come out and don't win a single game, I want Tyrod Taylor to look good and have a good season. So then maybe he can end up somewhere else and he gets another chance, but it's just a very, very sticky situation. And we still so many big question marks surrounding Deshaun Watson. We have no idea really how that's going to play out. If he's, Gonna play a single snap this season, which I'm voting a hard no. Like, I would be shocked,
1: I would not, be appalled
0: if, yeah, yeah it's, it's not unless no. something happens that comes up, all charges are dropped, and everything goes like that's the only way I can see him playing this season. And I don't see that happening. I, there's no <laughs> inkling that says that that is in the cards. So you literally need, I don't even want to say a miracle, but a lot like. Deshaun Watson will not play this season I will bet money on it right now
1: yeah I would put a lot of money on that too there's a lot going on and I think regardless of lawsuit whatever I think there's still a lot going on within the organization also if you you look at how they're approaching camp they Tyrod Taylor is their guy right now and there's no indication to suggest otherwise so until we see something else I'm just not convinced um but again, yeah, I like Tyron Taylor, so I'm here for it. I just, it's tough. It's It, it feels wrong in a lot of ways. And yeah. so, I don't know. I mean, I'm not hating because that's probably two wins that we'll get. So, <laughs> but, you know. Still. Two of the
0: five. two Right, two <laughs> of the five. <laughs> do you want to well, talk? Do you want to dive into your Jags a little
1: bit? We can do that. It always feels weird to bring up your own team. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'll say, I'll say this, expectations are low. I think it's interesting because we haven't seen, a, we haven't had a franchise guy, like when you think through our history to build around, right? Like mm-hmm. we've never had this guy, I don't want to say never because we had Mark Bernal, I think, but you go back that far, right? Yeah. And they, like Mark Brunel where you're like, if, if that's how far you have to go back, there's a problem. I don't know the 15, 16, 17 years ago, but that was the last time we had someone that we were building a team around. Right. And so I think this is the first time we have a franchise guy or what we believe to be a franchise guy for the next, I don't know, 10, 15 years um, that we can build around and really have a plan because so far it's, it's felt very, we're always just, we're always just reacting. We're always, you know, whoever is the next quarterback up, like the whole Blake Bortles experiment was wild. I can't imagine what the thought process was there. And so there's just a lot of reacting being done, whether it's our coaching staff our quarterback or our offensive weapons, or, you know, we had a solid defense, but this is the first time where we have a vision, right? Like there's a vision for our team, what it can be, and who's the centerpiece of that. And so, it's an exciting time, but I've also like you think about all the times that teams draft a guy and it's like, oh, this is gonna be our franchise guy, and it just goes sideways. And that happens a lot. Yep. And so to say I'm not worried, um wouldn't be fair because I'm definitely a little concerned. Um, but I think our I think we're in a good spot. We got young guys, um, not hype on the coaching stuff, but I don't know. I guess from an outsider perspective, like I, we said five games, but I guess, I don't know. Like Trevor Lawrence, is he the guy? Yes. Okay. I like that. I'm,
0: song. I'm, yeah, I am sold. And I will agree with you coaching, I'm not a hundred percent confident on, but that's something, if the coach isn't working, that's something you can go out you find a new coach, that's a quicker fix than going out and finding someone to be your franchise quarterback. Like, that makes... I would rather have issues at coaching than issues with the quarterback. And especially when you have Trevor Lawrence. Like, men, grown men would line up to be his coach and to get a chance to grow with him and build that team and be the one. To have that Andy Reid-Patrick Mahomes relationship. Like, people want that. So I do think down the road you guys are set with trevor lawrence it might just be finding that head coach that fits best with him and who knows maybe urban meyer is that guy like we don't know there there's a chance that it just it comes out and it works but i, I think you are moving in the right direction i feel i would feel very comfortable with trevor lawrence i know you had your nightmares before the draft that it wasn't going to happen and yeah. now we're here heading into this season I think he himself is going to have an impressive season. And I, I think we're going to get to see him kind of shine, even if your record doesn't show it. Like I'm still convinced that we are going to see these moments from him that prove that he is going to be one of the college quarterbacks that transfers very well into the NFL. Um, I'll be very surprised if that doesn't end up happening. He's like one of the few that I'm like confident, confident about, yeah. but yeah, I think it is just going to take another year or two, kind of let him get accustomed, see who works with him, and just build it up before you guys are really in the conversation with Titans and Colts. And who knows? Maybe it won't even be the Colts anymore if Carson Wentz <laughs> hangs it up and retires if he can't cool. bounce back. But yeah. no, I would feel I feel much much better about the Jags than I do about the Texans. The Texans yeah. I see no hope for. The Correct. Jags I. I- I'm kind of excited for you.
1: Right. And I and I think that's my only concern is not necessarily our record, not our wins, nothing like that. It's just Trevor Lawrence is going to get a wake-up call, right? And it's not athletically because I think he is like you said a very NFL ready quarterback. He's been that guy. But he's also a guy who never lost a regular season game.
0: Yeah, it's going to so. it's going to be the mental. It's going to be the confidence yeah. that that's yeah. Cause he needs to come in. He should. They should be telling him every day. If you win one game but play that's what great, is. that's all is. we need. Because right. to him, one win out of seventeen is going to feel horrific. Like it's going to feel like a failure. But th- at the end of the day, it's not. Right. As long as right. you're playing great, you're building relationships, and you're start like that's what matters in your first season. Right. Coming into a franchise that did the full burn down rebuilding.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's the key is keeping him focused on not 2021. What's after that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you, if you get him caught up in this year and what this year can be, I think it's a mistake. I think that for someone who's not accustomed to losing, you are going to lose, you're going to lose and you're going to get rocked. Yes. That's like, that's plain and simple. You're going to get rocked behind that line at least once or twice. Probably a game, if we're being honest. So, like, I just think at this point, it is just preparing him mentally. But I I think a lot of people look at our situation and think it's very like we're throwing him to the wolves. And I I don't feel that. Like, I think that is a huge misconception about our roster. I think when you look at like, of course, James Robinson had a breakout year, and I'm excited to see what he does. But you've got Travis Etienne, you've got Carlos Hyde, and all of those guys are so different and so so unique and so efficient at what they do best. And then you've got a wide receiver core that has just only gotten stronger this past year. You've got young guys that really got the opportunity to stand out last year. You've added some pieces. And the only thing that you're missing, because you've added pieces on your defensive line, you've got young guys on your secondary, you've added you know, Shaquille Griffin, who's, I think, perfect for that role, just leading young guys. You're shaking up your defensive scheme. You're going back to a 3-4. I just think... Everything's in place. We don't have the tight end figured out, which um, I don't really care. Like at this point, I'd rather have like I'd rather have blocking tight ends to keep our quarterbacks standing up and our running backs getting through that line. I'd rather have blocking tight ends than have a pass catching tight end right now for this. What season. do you mean
0: you don't have your tight end figured out? You got Tim Tebow.
1: Stop it. I. <laughs> If he makes this roster, it's – here's the thing is nothing as a Jaguars fan comes without punishment. Nothing. You get Trevor
0: Lawrence, you do everything right, and then you get Tim Z. We
1: can't have anything. Like, we can't (laughs) be happy. It's so annoying. It's like you get – like, here, like, you can have Trevor Lawrence, sure. You get Urban Meyer, like – cool, you can have all these, like, cool young guys who have a lot of opportunity. No, you get to be reminded of Tim Tebow. Like, (laughs) nothing can come without punishment. And so it's hard because it's, like, you're rooting against yourself and for yourself at the same time. Like, I want to see Tim Tebow fail at almost everything he does. But I want to see us win games. So, like, the only option is he gets cut after camp, and I'm not there to make that decision. So who, who really knows? Who really knows?
0: It's. I still can't get over. I and I'm not saying this to trigger you. I don't know why, I have this gut feeling. Why? Like I feel
1: like he is gonna be on the team. No, like he's gonna make this stupid effing roster. He's gonna get there. <laughs> he's gonna score. It's gonna be some wildcat trick play, and it's gonna be like, oh my god, Tim Tebow, and I'm gonna be like, I'd rather actually jump off of one of the fucking five bridges in Jacksonville <laughs> than watch this right now. Like I'd rather jump off of any of them or all of them. All of them. Like, I don't know. I can't, I can't take it. I mean, I can't take it.
0: No, no, that that's a imagine All right. Let's, let's put this situation in a play. Okay. Tim Tebow gives you a game winning touchdown.
1: In what game?
0: What? I don't know. Hold on, because I'm not going to say Tim Tebow is going to win a game that gives you the division, just because I can't see that happening unless Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, and A.J. Brown all get hurt. Maybe that's your only chance at that point. Um, But an important game against the Titans. You're playing the Titans for a second time. You've already beat them a first time. This would be your second chance to beat the Titans twice in one season, something I know you would love to do. Mm-hmm. And Tim Tebow is the one that gets this exciting game-winning touchdown that gives you that second win against the Titans.
1: No, I'm good. I'm good. Would you still throw yourself off a bridge? I'm good. I'd rather lose to the Titans. I'd rather. Okay. All because right. That's that's it. I think the circumstances change. Like, is this is us serving them this loss, keeping them from the playoffs? If so, okay. That's- maybe I'll be sad. Like, I don't want him to be the person to do it. But, like, <laughs> fine. It's for a good cause, right? Yeah. Um, if like it's charity work. Like, if it's just, like, the Colts are going to the playoffs, we know that. The Texans, or the Texans suck, and then, like, the Titans, we just want to win another game against them. It's like, no, not worth it. I'd rather okay. let the Texans win twice than deal with that. But if there's implications, like, we get to ruin their entire season by kicking them out of the playoffs, like, sure, of course. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, put anyone back there. Like, yeah. put, I don't know, put Harvey Weinstein back there, let him score a touchdown. I don't know. Like <laughs> I I don't care. If we're keeping them from something they want, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. That
0: that I'm glad we had that conversation.
1: Yeah. I love that for us. <laughs> Role play situation.
0: Role oh play. my god. So this has been the poor AFC South. Oh this, this might be the I'm gonna say in the AFC, the South is the saddest. In the NFC, the East is the saddest. We
1: we have the worst divisions in football. No, we really do. That's pretty sad. Honestly. And we have
0: and we have some of the worst teams.
1: No, we we do. We're not even a
0: part of the worst divisions. Like we are favorite. It's not even like we're in the worst. Like if you were like a Titans fan in the AFC South, it's like all right. Well, at least I'm the Titans. Like at least, yeah, at least yeah, yeah, I right. have it in the bag.
1: But we're no, not we're like, winning our divisions. No.
0: It, yep. Yep. I th- we ah, oh. we're oh not winning god. our
1: bad, terrible, hopeless no. divisions. Like no, the winner of our divisions doesn't stand a chance in the playoffs. No. But we can't even win the division.
0: No. Oh my god. <laughs> all right. On that note, on that
1: note,
0: <laughs> I think that's a, that's our time to say goodbye. That um. Is. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this evening. Carson Wentz, AFC South Talk. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at onside chicks pod at Instagram on on Instagram at onside chicks. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube. Check us out on Twitch. On we're available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to give us a rating. Give us a comment. I'm trying to make sure that I check all bases. All and there the are thing. so many to check all the time. <laughs> We will be back next week after we've had an official football game. An we official love preseason game. We, we love, love it. it. We've made it throughout this whole offseason. Thank you guys for joining us this whole time. And now the real fun is just beginning.
1: Yay. Football's yes. back.
0: Football back. is back. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.